The Second Act podcast is brought to you by Chin Whiskers Beard and Hair Care. Chin Whiskers is an affordable, Canadian-made, 100% natural men's grooming line. It's available at your local Tommy Guns Original Barbershop, Amazon, or at chinwhiskers.ca. Welcome to the Second Act podcast. Welcome back to the Second Act Podcast. Today we're joined by a guest who's local right here to Calgary, uh, Redwood Meadows area. Seth Anderson and his partner JP Gaston have started a life coaching uh, business and, and mentorship program. And of that, they've created the Biz Dojo Podcast. And I've noticed it. I'd seen it in a couple of the uh, local YYC podcast forums and didn't think much of it. There's many of them and, and was just following along to see how... how things were going with them and lo and behold one day about a month ago I was mentioned in one of their Instagram stories because they uh, were interviewing somebody that we've had here on the Second Act podcast Aaron Evans so throughout the the conversation with Aaron I, I was listening to what they were talking about and I thought to myself this is really cool the kind of synergies that we found um, I'm going to reach out so I, I reached out to Seth and we got to talk and then turns out Seth's on a a bit of a second act of his own as he as he alludes to here he's done a uh, a number of different things and he's currently doing something you know kind of different from all the rest of those uh with the with the lifestyle coaching and the business coaching and what have you really interesting fella um articulate gets his point across with the least amount of words you know it was it was just a great fun conversation seth and i were able to uh to commiserate over a lot of you know similar things in our lives and uh, and put some pieces together, and, and hopefully it helps with you because we've uh, we were we were really kind of able to get uh, get right down to it and, and start talking right away, and and it was a lot of fun. So without any further ado, please welcome Seth Anderson. Thanks for having me, Gord. Excited to excited to be here to share a little bit of my journey with you. Yeah, it's great to to be able to sit down and uh, understand kind of how the different different people end up in these different second acts so to speak and and your story's um unique too the the stuff that i found online about you it, it sounds like you were you were doing a bunch of different things and until you kind of found a, a couple of things that guided you in the direction to line where you are today why don't you take the listeners through a little bit of that so that we can uh, understand a little bit more about you yeah for sure so i've Grown up my entire life in uh, Western Canada, uh, spent the, the bulk of my childhood um, out in BC, so kind of the interior, Kamloops area, and uh, oldest of five kids, so pretty big family for, for this day and age, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, just, just went through a lot throughout, throughout my childhood. I have a brother who has uh, some special needs, he's uh, deaf and just went through a lot as a kid and, and that sort of shaped, uh, you know, I would say a lot of, of my upbringing and became very adaptable moving around so much and, and just, just a lot. So anyway, uh, when I was, uh, in grade 12, my family moved out to Alberta and, uh, to Wainwright, uh, specifically, I don't know if you've ever been to Wainwright Gord, but, uh, yeah, lovely country up there. Yeah. So, I wasn't that impressed. We moved from like uh, central Okanagan uh, when I'm in uh, going into grade 12 out to Wainwright. Uh, so Understandable for to be sure. Yeah. So I went and spent my, uh, my grade 12 year out there and then uh, quickly went back to BC. 
back to Kamloops and that's where I ended up meeting my wife and you know a few years later we uh, we ended up back out in Wainwright and uh, went out to Wainwright for work and ultimately our I think our goal back then was to buy a house flip it and then move back to Kamloops um, that never happened we never <laughs> we never made it back out there um, what ended up happening uh, just Two months after we moved out there was uh my dad passed away in a work accident oh no and yeah that that sort of uh i would say shaped the next 10 years of my life in a probably a different way than it would have gone otherwise and uh yeah from from there um you know there's sort of a i would say a darker period i've probably had a couple of second acts at this point gord now that i'm uh thinking about it but uh yeah, so we went through that as a as a family, and then I uh, got involved in hockey uh, in about 2011, the same year my son was born. Um, I started uh, basically. I, I don't know that I had any uh, um, qualifications to become the general manager of the local junior B team, other than the guy who was doing it didn't want to do it anymore, and I put my hand up, and uh, so I ended up going on this really cool ride for you know about four years. Uh, as a GM and coach of a junior B hockey team and that in conjunction with my day job I kind of got on this accelerated I don't even know what to call it journey we'll call it uh moving from a frontline technician to a director uh within four years and and all of this is kind of happening simultaneously going down the track and and uh, a lot of amazing experiences some really cool things happened achieve some goals and and dreams if you if you will and then one day kind of woke up and was like i don't really know who i am or where i'm going and 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 that's when my my second act maybe my third or fourth act uh started and that was about three years ago so i i know what you're saying about the the junior b hockey thing the best ability is availability for for a role like that and you put your hand up did you have any kind of like, were you, did you play anything above kind of regular minor hockey growing up or, or was it just really the right place in the right time that put you on that? Uh, no. So I, I didn't, again, didn't have the greatest minor hockey experience. I think I played till peewee and then uh, just didn't work out with the size of my family and living out of town, just getting the practices and games just yeah didn't really work out. So I, you know, I hadn't stepped foot in a local hockey rink and, 12, 13 years at that point in my life. Oh, and wow. so it, yeah. And I was the ultimate, I would say, armchair GM. <laughs> um, so I had a lot of opinions and thoughts on, you know, how hockey teams should be built and how the game should be played and all these different things. And came to learn I didn't know anything about anything uh, right. in the years that followed. So, so that's very much a, a trial by fire kind of opportunity for you, um, which, you know, like you said, you went from a frontline tech to, to working in upper management of a company. I have to imagine those experiences simultaneously happening. There had to have been a lot of times where you were like, okay, what, what, what am I doing here? Like, what did I get myself into? And, and then when, when you have a victory either on the ice or in the boardroom, that had to feel really good. Like you had to have these, these waves that you were riding and, and understanding that the highs were high and good. And, and then the lows you had, you were developing habits to get out of those lows faster. Yeah, I think there's a lot of transferable skills. And, and you know, my mindset now is leadership is, 
is everywhere. It's all around us. It no, it, you know, you can't box it into one thing or another. And and for me, you know, when I look back on it, I actually developed a lot of bad habits in that time. But the things I learned in in one arena definitely transferred, like in the you know in the hockey side, transferred over to the business side, and vice versa. So there's no way that the success of either of those ventures occurs without the other, which you know it's it's great to be aware of that now because you might think that they're totally separate, but really as a person and a leader, you're one person, right? Like where I'm not Seth, the hockey GM, and then Seth, the manager at my day job, and then Seth, the father at home, like it's all connected. And I think, you know, one of the things that maybe I did do at that time was I didn't really consciously associate those things to each other. I was just kind of living. Like I was, you know, sort of between the age of 25 and, and early 30s, like, I don't know, man, it's just like a lot of read and react and, and, and figure it out as you go. And it was a really cool time when I look back on it. But at the same time, I think the biggest, I, I think, challenge or, or I don't know if challenge is the right word, but I, I didn't take care of myself. Um, you know, I didn't go into a gym and exercise for my entire adult life. Um, I ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, however I wanted, uh, you know, probably drank too much, was out too late, you know, was not necessarily putting my time and energy into the things that were most important. And and what was the catalyst for, for that realization um, that, that you're not being the, you're not showing up every day as the best Seth as you could for the hockey team, for the employer, for the wife and the family? What, what? what shaped that kind of realization? Yeah. And it was, so a few years later, uh, I'm going to say like 2018. And at this point we had moved to Calgary and I'd gotten a promotion at work and, you know, by all metrics and, and whatever, I was, I was doing very well on that front. And you know, I had also graduated from junior B to junior A. So I was with the, the Calgary Canucks at that time on the board of directors. I think I was the director of hockey operations that year and, you know, had a nice path going. I had two kids, beautiful family, nice house down in Auburn Bay. Um, but it, it just seemed like everything I touched or got involved with for a period, I'm going to say like, one to two years just did not go well um and and there was probably a lot of signs that i was kind of half in tune with but um a couple of things come to mind one was that that experience with the calgary canucks and you know there was a lot of great people on the board and a lot of people that wanted to do well we just never really seemed to be able to kind of get it all together and it just started to feel for me like work instead of fun yeah and sort of lost that spark for the whole thing. And I think, you know, that was an indicator and, and the team didn't do very well and it just didn't go the way that, you know, I'd hoped that it would. And then I think the other thing that comes to mind in that time period was I was going to go get an executive MBA through the UFC. And I kind of went through the whole process. Everything was looking good, but because I, you know, I don't have a college degree, uh, I had to pass a, a GMAT exam. I don't know if you've ever done one of those, but no, no. Basically, I hadn't done one school-related thing in I don't know, like 
12 years at that point and uh, basically tried to get back into it and do this GMAT exam and you had to get 500 on it. And it's a combination of math and writing and reading comprehension and, and all this stuff. And it's a two or three hour exam. And so I studied my ass off and I went in and I did the test and uh, I got like 490 or something and I needed 500 to get in. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to buckle down. I got a tutor. I'm going to study as hard as I can. and I'm going to rewrite it in three weeks. Yeah. And so I did that. And then I got like 480. I actually went down. Um, and so that was a, a good moment, you know, coupled with some of the things that were happening in other arenas of my life where I was just like, wow, I didn't come through. Like I failed and, and I wasn't used to, you know, quote unquote failing, you know, I'd, I'd had a lot of things go my way for a, a pretty good period of time there. And it was like, okay, well now what? And so that, that's in, I'm going to say spring of 2018 okay. and come to be around summertime. I'm out for a walk with my son and I still remember it. We're down in Auburn Bay. We're by the school. We had just gone to the park and he's, well, this was like three years ago. So he would have been like six or something like that. And he's like, dad, why are you so fat? <laughs> From the ba- mouths of babes. Just straight up. That's what he said. And I'm like, I, I still remember standing there and I'm like, I have no excuse or reason or like I was just it just hit me and within a week or so or within a few days I don't it's hard to reflect that far back it's three years ago but more or less immediately I uh I got a bike and uh I hadn't been on a bike since I was a kid (laughs) yeah And, and I just went for a bike ride and that kicked off, um, you know, we're, we're three plus years into it now, uh, journey of, I'm going to call it, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a healing and growth and just figuring out who I am and what I want out of life. And by far the most fulfilling and best three years of my life. Uh, you know, I would, I would definitely call this my second act and we can dive into some of the details, but it all, it all, there, there's a moment with my son, there's a bike ride and then just all these little things that have fallen into place ever since. Yeah, I can, I can appreciate exactly what you're saying. I, I've always was a big, big guy, big kid grew up. I, w- I worked on, on rigs. So I was able to keep the weight off when I was working and I went back to SAIT uh, for my petroleum engineering diploma when I was 25. So I, I can appreciate that struggle. I, I I had to work really hard just to carry D's in calculus because I'd forgot how to do algebra. And, and I worked really hard at at school for two years. And when I came out, I was, I was heavy and I was heavier than I'd ever been. I was quite at 300 pounds plus. And, and I kind of lived like that for a few years. And then, we had a baby in, in 2008 and there was all these pictures floating around of this big fat dude holding my baby. And, uh, 
finally I was like, I can't live like this anymore. And I started then. Um, so that's been 12 or 13 years. And I've, I've had years where it's been really good and, and I'm, I'm holding the weight that I want to be at. And then there's years that I'm, that, you know, the pandemic comes and there's all this stress and all these things happen and you kind of lose sight of the goal and it, it's a struggle, but I can, I can echo your sentiment that there's nothing more fulfilling than kind of having that, that vision for what you want yourself to be, not necessarily just to look like, just to feel. And, and when you carry on through that, it can be really rewarding and, and, and it is a journey, right? It's not the destination. It's not the number on the scale. It's not the, the size of shirt that you, you buy. You know what I mean? It's, it's something beyond that inside of you. Yeah, no, and con and congrats to you as well. I mean, that self-awareness and recognizing that there's more, you could be better. And it's not just a number on a scale. Like at first, uh, those were my first goals. Like, hey, I'm 320 pounds. Let's, uh, yeah, you know, and I went to the doctor actually. Somewhere in there, I went to the doctor and he's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're 33 or 32 years old and you're like, nothing is like we need to admit you to the hospital but like everything on your chart like if you don't do if you, you know maybe go for a walk a couple times a week like he, he set a very very low bar um yeah. and it was like okay well shit like mortality starts to come into play and it's like okay i gotta start taking care of myself and and to your point i don't think it's i'm i'm proud of what i've done from a weight loss perspective because it was a lot of work like losing 100 pounds is a lot of work uh, it's unfortunate yep. that it had to get to the point where i needed to do that but i did it but if you could look at my mindset and weigh that on a scale or show that in some way like i'm I've, i think i've done way more way more work on that front and i'm way way more i don't know proud's not the right word but like there's no way to show it you know it's how you show up it's having conversations like this but it's the mindset that enabled that transformation. And, and I think that's the bigger transformation for me over these last three years. Well, and I think, I think some of the successes you've had in those three years are a direct benefit of, of that mindset change. And that's something that only the people that knew you kind of on both sides of that fence can really, you know, corroborate. And, and that's, that's, that's the interesting part. That's the start of, to your point, the second act. And, and let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of, okay, now, you know, you, you've made these decisions and you're starting on that journey. Uh, the, the rest of kind of to, to get you to this point started falling into place at, uh, you know, at some point in there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, about how that came about and, and how you started to notice those changes. Yeah. And I, so I think the key to getting to this point has been not trying to do too much at one time. So I've really taken the approach of um, if I'm going to make a change in my life, I kind of go all in and I work on that for a while before, you know, implementing something else. And, you know, an example I would give is I implemented exercise. That was the, that was the first thing was exercise. And so I started riding a bike. I signed up for the gym nine round, the uh, yep. kickboxing circuit training. And I had never been to a gym in my life. Like I knew nothing um, about, anything and so that was a really cool experience i got to meet some people build some confidence um also just punching and kicking stuff was fun like yeah. it was it was enjoyable um and and so i did that for a while and then 
you know, eating, I would say has always been an issue for me, like not so much, it's just like overeating, I guess. And, and I don't know, I'm sure it has roots in growing up, um, big family, not a lot of good food around. And so when I turned like 17, 18 and I had my own job and stuff, I just went and ate everything. Like I can remember going to 7-Eleven and getting two big hot dogs and a full bag of chips and a big gulp and just downing that like nothing. And, you know, those habits sort of overtook my life in, in my 20s. I, I've worked in the oil field for a long time and, you know, you're getting breakfast at 7-Eleven every day and, you know, just, yeah, I, I needed to clean that up. So uh, one of the things I did, and, and this was, again, the doctor said, um, I remember my iron levels were super high or something. He's like, how much beef do you eat? And I was like, I don't know, every meal? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> all the beef, all the time. And so I, I really slowed down on fast food. I, I think I even stopped for a little while and I actually cut beef entirely out of my diet, just trying to cut down on red meat. It was just easier to not do it. And so th those are like the first two things I did. And then I got like six months down the road and alcohol, um, you know, I've had a tenuous relationship with for most of my life. And honestly, uh, I probably always had an allergic reaction to it of some kind. So even when I was younger, all the way through, like I would turn red whenever yeah. I drank yep. and that was getting worse. So I would have like, it, it used to be like, I would drink like six, eight, 10 beer, and then I would turn red. So it was, but now it was like, I took like two sips of a beer and I was like, oh, wow. breaking out in hives. And so it's like, well, this isn't really serving me. That's yeah, probably uh, a sign. Yeah. And so uh, in January 2019, I, uh, I retired from drinking. Oh, wow. And I have not had a drink since. And so, like I said, I kind of go all in on things and there was no like 12 step recovery or I just was like, I'm done. Um, I sat down and I wrote out a list still on my phone of all the all the things, all the positive things alcohol brought to my life and all the negative things alcohol brought to my life. And there was nothing on the positive list. Yeah, it's a pretty lopsided list. And I, I think I thought that the biggest thing with alcohol was like business, right? So, you know, in order to do business, you need to go for drinks with people. Um, you need to, like, that's just part of the gig. And uh, I came to find out that's not true. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a it's a crutch that that we've as a society we've used just so much, and it, it's worse. It's the proliferation of it is. Um, my wife talks about it all the time. How her Instagram is just filled with these notions, these memes that that, that the wine has to come, and that'll be the the answer to the stress in your day and stuff like that. And she's she's on a bit of a sober journey right now. I don't know. It's been six weeks or, or coming out of the summer. She was just like, I've had enough. And, and she's just like, man, it's, it's just everywhere I look and and maybe she's looking for it at this point in, in, in her journey. I don't know, but it just, she makes comments about it all the time. Yeah. And listen, I have no judgment to anyone else and what they do. And, and you want to drink, drink, you don't want to drink, don't drink for me and my life and, and my priorities, it just, it wasn't a fit anymore. Right. And so now at this point we're you know, six, eight months into the journey, 
Uh, I've got some good exercise habits. I'm not eating fast food. I've cut out alcohol. And things just started coming together. I, I helped a friend uh, start a business. Um, we ended up going on a, a couple of business road trip. Well, I guess we flew, but we went down to Houston and Detroit and just doing some cool stuff that I'd never really done before. And it was just like, oh, like, hey, there's like more to life than I thought. I'm kind of doing fun stuff that was like really getting me excited. And my relationships started to improve across my life, you know, specifically with my immediate family. I'd been having um, a lot of struggles with my son at that point with school and he wasn't liking it. And, you know, there had been some uh, suggestions that maybe there was some ADHD involved from his teachers. Um, and at that time, like, I didn't want to hear that. I was like, no, you, you're, it's your thing. You're the teacher. Yeah. You're like, and you know, as your mindset starts to clear, it's like, okay, well, they're telling us something. Maybe we should look into it. Right. And, you know, so we ended up taking him to get tested for that and, you know, found out my biggest concern was like, is he like, is he struggling in school because of this? Or like, is this affecting him negatively in his cognitive abilities and his academic abilities? And, you know, through the testing, we found out that he was either normal or above normal range from cog for cognitive and academic skill sets. Uh, but there was some behavioral things and there was you know some things that we knew we could do like limiting the amount of sugar he ate providing more structure for him and so again it, this is sort of now we're into the, the middle part of 2019 and i i quit hockey completely again there's another thing just yeah it, it wasn't a fit my time and energy needed to be at home and so that's what i did i focused on you know being with my son and daughter and wife and and those relationships started to improve. And, you know, I look back on it now and, and I think about some of the challenges and some of the things that we didn't know how to deal with and, and where like my son is at now is, is night and day. Um, and that, you know, for us, it didn't require medication and counseling and all that kind of stuff. It just required like, for lack of a better term, getting my shit together, putting my time and focus in the right places and helping him. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's sort of evolved and we got to a point and uh, things are going really well. Things are going really well. I was going to the gym every day. I was taking my son with me a lot. Everything was kind of ticking along nicely. And then this little global pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Um, now, I feel bad saying this sometimes because I know a lot of people have struggled and there's been a lot of, you know, chaos in the world, but as challenging as it has been at times, it's actually been one of the, you know, it's almost like it needed to happen in my life because it just, again, strengthened relationships when you're locked in a house more or less for, for a year together. Uh, it got, we were really able to crystallize what we wanted in life. Uh, my wife was able to start her business. And again, I was fortunate to, to help her with that. So she's got a, a clothing resale business now and you know, so, so she was able to, to kind of find some meaning and some, and, you know, something other than, um, you know, working for someone, like it's really, she's been this creative outlet to kind of do her thing, which is really exciting. And 
I think what I found was an opportunity to really get quiet with myself and be like, okay, like we've come this far over the last couple of years. Now you've got all this time and energy or time and space. Um, so picked up things like meditation, yoga, um, just trying to like feel like tap into my inner wisdom, I guess, without really knowing that's what I was doing. And that's, that's an interesting kind of take on the pandemic. And I've talked to a couple of people that have are in similar boat. Um, and, and then a, a lot of people who, who it's been, a, you know, it hasn't been as a positive experience. And do you, do you like your, your kind of your story to this point, you've been fairly adaptive. You moved a bunch. I think uh, I read 10 schools in 12 years, kind of go, growing up. Do you think that adaptiveness kind of that's been bred into you helped you, you know, do attack the the issue of your weight attack some of the drinking the the ability to walk away from this this you know burgeoning hockey management career um that adaptiveness when you when you see something that's clearly not working or clearly needs addressing you're able to do that based off of kind of the way you were raised yeah i mean i think adaptability is one of the most important I guess, skill sets or mindsets. Um, and definitely I got a crash course in it and not, you know, I didn't choose to go to adaptability school, but no. um, just with what I've been through in my life, it has required a lot of adapting. I think, you know, that used to, I used to have a lot of resentment, anger. Um, I, I could adapt, but I was very cynical and negative and like, um, I don't think I appreciated it as much, but over the years I've come to just recognize in me like, Hey, like this is just, this is just a thing that's happening and you can get through it. You've gotten through way worse many times before, take the good and, and move on. And so I, I think it started out as, you know, maybe not something that I embraced or understood or really, you know, em embraced, I guess I already said that, but over the years, I've come to recognize like my ability to adapt in the workplace, at home, in anything that I'm doing is is a differentiator in why I'm able to accomplish some of the things that I've, I've been able to accomplish. I think, and and that's a great way to kind of segue into you know how how you and I cross paths with with which is your your biz dojo um, business and and website and and all the stuff that goes into that in your podcast. Why don't you talk us a little, uh, talk to us a little bit about how, how that kind of started and, and where you guys, I, I mean, it's it, the research I've done on it. It looks like it's been a, a pretty, pretty big rocket ride. Like things happen really fast with it and you guys are, uh, you know, undeniably very successful with it. Um, so, so it, talk a little bit about that and how some of those, those traits and behaviors that you've talked about earlier have, have bled into that. It's funny because that's literally the part of the story. We, we were just kind of cruising right up to there. And so we're in the middle of COVID lockdown. I think it was, well, it was summer, summer of last year. And I had taken up doing a lot of walking, a lot of walking uh, with my dog. So we would walk 10 kilometers pretty much every day. Okay. And that gave me a lot of time to think. And, and one of the things I was wrestling with at that time was like, what's my thing? right? Like I've got a day job. That's great. I love my day job. I, I gives me an opportunity to grow and learn and spend time with people. And it's, it's been amazing, but like, what's my thing. 
And the reason I was thinking that is because like I had mentioned, I'd help my wife start her business. I'd help another friend uh, get his business going. I would always sort of be consulting with and, and helping my mom with her business. And I was like, just on this walk one day and I was like coaching. Because that's basically what I do. Whether it's in my day job, whether it was in the hockey world, uh, whether it was with, with family and friends, like I'm just always helping, supporting, coaching people to, for their things. And I was like, well, shit, what's my thing? And I don't know why it came to me, but I was just like, you know, I'm not going to quit my day job and go start coaching people. But what could I do? What could I do now that I've sort of become aware of this? And for whatever reason, I was like, I could start a podcast uh, about leadership, about, um, you know, sharing stories of people who are doing really cool things and inspiring other people. And I just had like this flood of thoughts and, you know, that's been known to happen for me, but for some reason it was just like, okay, like I need to, I need to actually do something with this. And again, one of the, I would say silver linings of COVID is we had the time and space, not only to think of those things, but to actually follow up and do something. So I called a friend who is in the coaching industry and I just said like, what do you think of this? Like, is this a crazy idea? And, and, you know, she was like, no, I love it. Like that's, you know, the world needs more of that. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm onto something. And I kicked it around a couple of people. And then I, I finally texted JP and I was like, and, we, and him and I hadn't talked in a while. We knew each other through work, but I was just like, I knew he had a radio background and I knew him and I just had like this good energy between us uh, when it came to like bantering and talking and similar views on leadership and that kind of thing. And so I just texted him and said, Hey dude, I got this idea for a podcast about leadership and inspiring people. If you want to, you want to meet for breakfast and uh, let's, let's see if it's a thing. And he didn't answer for a while. And cause I hadn't talked to him. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, you get in your own head a little bit like, yeah, maybe it's not going to be a thing. Cause I knew I, I couldn't do it on my own. And uh, he finally got back to me and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And you know, that's, that's mid August last year. So just over a year ago. And, we got together, we batted around some ideas and, um, you know, the premise of the show is just what I said, like, we know some cool people. We've got some really interesting people in our network with some amazing stories. He's got the radio background. I, you know, I had the passion for making this a real thing. And we honestly just started out recording a few episodes with friends, episodes with friends and family. Yeah. And we had no real vision for like what it would be. I actually would say this is the only thing I've ever done in my life where I had no intended outcome. I knew nothing about the podcast industry and I didn't want to because I felt like if I went into it thinking, oh, I could make money at this or this could be a career or like I put expectations on it, it would kind of taint it. So my mindset going into it was like, I don't care what the podcast industry is. I don't care what other people are doing. I'm just going to do something that feels good, that that's fun. And if nobody listens to it, I don't care. Yep. Like, it'll just be what it is. And I, that's the energy we've come with from day one. And still today we, we come with that energy. And, you know, we've been very fortunate that it turns out people do want to hear this and people are listening and it's been, it's been a really exciting ride, but we just started with the premise of let's, Let's help inspire some people. Let's amplify some cool stories and, you know, let's just have some fun with it. And that's, that's really been the, the entire premise of this journey to this point. 
So at this point, how much of your time is is taken up with the biz dojo, the business, the podcast? You know what 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 you guys are trying to accomplish there? Not you know physical time. It's it's not that bad because we've we've built a lot of templates. We've got a pretty good structure. We don't really overthink it. I don't think so. You know, when we get on and interview someone, I usually spend, I don't know, a half hour to an hour researching that person. And then we just get on and have a conversation. We don't, we, we talk about this sometimes, like we one take everything, every commercial, like we might, you know, kind of hiccup here or there, but like, we don't try to perfect it. We just get in there, we do what we need to do. And so it's a few hours a week, I would say, but what works well for me is I'm up at five every morning. And JP's up until like two every morning. So we joke that we could between us like run a 7-Eleven. Yeah. Um, he takes on all the editing usually late at night. I take on most of the posting, the social, the finding the guests sort of early in the morning. And again, it's one of those things that doesn't really feel like work. It's just, it's really, it's fun. And, you know, it's, it's a few hours a week, but what we're building towards and what we started doing now is like, okay, we've got this platform. We've met all these cool people. We've got a real passion for leadership and coaching. And, and now sort of that next stage is, is going beyond just inspiring people through the podcast and also offering some personal coaching services. So that's, that's something that we are doing now. And, and part of the inspiration there was even, even at the start of this year, I was still struggling with, okay, like I've got this podcast now, that's cool. I've got a lot of my life figured out, but like, what, what's next? What else next? That almost becomes a, I don't want to say addiction in itself, but like growth is, and I'm curious for your take on this maybe too, Gord, like once you've had a taste of growth and, and, you know, improvement and getting better, like you, it's hard to just stop that, you know, like, when I look at it, it's like, we built all these things, but it's like, okay, now, now what's the next step? What's the next dream? Where am I headed now? Yeah. And I, I can echo that. Um, so I've, I had kind of a similar thing with, I, I thought of the idea for the second Act podcast in 2018. It, it, I have emails that I'd reached out to people and, and I never did anything with it. And uh, I ended up, so I, I was 13 plus years at, at a major energy company and, and, we just we got to a point where they were they were unhappy with me and I was unhappy with them and we just one morning I woke up and there was a meeting request and they were like thanks for your time and I was like thank you for for giving me the opportunity to have some time and I took this opportunity and I was like I, I'm I'm gonna do this podcast and I wanted to do it and I, I was the same as you I did the research on you know what what podcast lengths, podcast frequency, the type of, you know, you have to have a, a theme and how much speaking the guest should do, how much speaking. I did all that. And then I was just kind of like, no, I'm just going to do it and see what it's all about. And I, I, I really felt like there was some growth. Like I, I, I did. I felt like I'm better at this. I'm a better person for having done this. I'm, I'm expanding my network. I'm reaching out to people cold on Instagram, just saying, Hey, I like what you're doing. Do you want to, do you want to have a chat about it? And, and that's fun. And I'm, I'm doing that, but at the same time, I still kind of have this, you know, um, bar that I, I think before I get too far ahead of myself, I want to get to here. 
and and I, I temper that and I think that's my own you know uh, I don't know if insecurity is the right word but I just want to make sure I'm good enough at something before I, I reach for the next rung and that's why I was so interested to to sit down with you because I see you know the timelines on our podcasts aren't that different and you guys are, are leaps and bounds ahead of me and I was like man I got to understand what these guys did not because I necessarily want to try and immediately get to there but but I, I just, I, it can be done. I, I'm seeing somebody who lives half an hour west of me do it. And I'm like, what, what are the steps they're taking? And it's not because I just feel like I need to get to the top of the ladder. I'll get to the top of my ladder. I just, I just want to understand it better. You know, that's kind of where I'm coming from. So I understand what you're saying that, that, that piece is kind of self-fulfilling, but for myself, I, I just, I always want to make sure that I've got this part down before I start on the next one. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and so where I was going with that is earlier this year, it's funny. It's funny how things just connect. If you actually just sit and think about all the things, even for you and I to connect today that have to happen, it's, it's a trip. And, and so I got introduced to, to this guy, um, his name's Justin Perkins and he's a, I don't know what label you put on it, but he's a coach. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of, even though I like I've been a coach my whole life, I also had like a lot of biases against coaches. Um, but when you really think about like, what is a coach? And when you think about like sports as an example, like we don't think anything about, oh, that's a, that's a head coach. They, they need a coach to be successful. And if you, you look at most elite athletes, they've got five or six coaches, they've got nutrition and mindset and strength and et cetera. But when we think about it in like the life and business application, a lot of times there's a lot of, I, I find negative biases against it. Like, oh, you don't need a coach. Like, what is that? That's just, just someone trying to scam you out of your money. That, at least that's, that's where my head went to. Yeah. And that all changed when uh, I met Dustin and I was actually going to have him on my podcast as a guest. That was the whole, the whole reason that we met. And I, you know, I do that all day, every day. And we've actually still to this point, never talked about that. Uh, because we just, for lack of a better way of describing it, we just got on like this and he just saw me. He just like started asking these questions. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm the one asking you the questions, but he just, just started asking these questions about like who I was and what I wanted and why I was doing this. And it just sort of snowballed into like, hey, we should, uh, we should have a conversation. Just like, I, I've got this little form fill it out uh, it's, it's like a self-reflection exercise and you know i remember one of the things in there was picture yourself three years from now and write down everything that you've accomplished over the last three years and i mean i think we've all done stuff like that at some point but just that moment at that time sat down and i was just like man i if, I'm, if it's 2024 and I'm thinking about all the things that I've accomplished, like it's a long time. Like I can do a lot of cool stuff. And anyway, it just set the foundation for this relationship. And I ended up making the biggest investment gourd that I've ever made in my life of something that was not a house or a vehicle in getting a coach. Yeah. And my goals were, goals might not be the right word, but my thought process was one, I want more of this. Like we had a couple of conversations and I was just like pulling this stuff out of me that I didn't even know was there. And I was like, okay, like I can't stop now. <laughs> I, yeah. this, you know, there's, there's things in here that I, I wasn't expecting that, uh, 
um, I need to tap more into. And then my second part was like, I need to figure out how you convinced me to do this. Like how did, it's like, there's no way that my rational brain would have done this. Um, but I thought it through. I talked to my wife. I'm like, this makes sense. I want to do this. And, and, and so the, those are the two things I wanted to dive into. And, and over the last, you know, nine months, it's been just this every day. I, I remember saying to him a couple of weeks into our coaching relationship, like, this there was a day last week where i felt like i didn't waste any time like and you think about it a full day there's, there's a lot of opportunities to waste time and i was like i did not waste any time today or like like a micro amount because it's like right. i get up I meditate go for a walk like I, I just like i just hit everything and as I'm sitting here right now and I look at like most days and almost every day for me is like that. I don't feel like I waste any time. And so to your, you know, earlier question, like how much time, like it's a time commitment to do the podcast, but there's a lot of time in a 24 hour period. If you are like effective and you put it to good use. And I think well, and that's been it, a big thing for me. And that's like our, you know, the Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and, like they've developed people, we've developed ways for people to waste their time and be perfectly content to do it. And, you know, I'm noticing that too. I, I finally, like, I haven't had a Facebook account in, in over 10 years, but, but I, I had a very active Twitter account and I finally just deleted my Twitter account because I found that I was, you know, I would say, Oh, I want to catch up on what's going on, but I would be reading people yelling at each other for something. Oilers versus yeah. Flames, pure conservative versus liberal, whatever it was. And I could like, I could just roll over to CTV news or CBC news or global and just see, read the headlines and have that same understanding of what's going on in the world around me. And so I just quit doing that. And I found, you know, I, I started meditating. I, I do five minutes every morning where I, I have a guided meditation that walks me through the day about gratitude. And in the evening I have this, my, my routine around it and, and I'm finding what you said, I, I guess I never thought of it like that, but I come home and I eat my meal and I sit with my family and I find that I'm far more fulfilled with my day. And I, some of it is like you just said, I, I, I feel like I accomplished a lot today. And even the days when I didn't accomplish a lot on paper, goal X, solution X, goal X, Y, solution Y, I still feel like I accomplished something, right? And that, that's a good feeling. Totally. Totally. And that's, it becomes a mindset after a while. And, and that's my big thing. Like my, my coaching style is very much in, you know, and I've learned a lot of it from Justin, but just in my own experience, like one of the things that he said to me the first time we met that stuck with me that I say to any client that I have or anyone that I'm working with or helping is your inner wisdom will uh, trump my advice any day. So yeah. Like, you know, the things you already know and that you've already experienced, Gord, you already know most, most times it's like, you have your intuition, trust it, tap into it, follow it. And good things, good things happen. You may not know everything. You're going to learn things along the way. You're going to try things that aren't going to work. Like that's just, that's just part of the deal. But if you're, if you're like, I don't know, if you're just present and you're in the moment and you're working towards stuff that you're passionate about in your life, Good shit happens. It just does. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very, 
astute, I guess. But but the, the part of it is, is you got to be comfortable putting yourself out there to, to allow that stuff to come back. And I think that's a thing that, you know, for myself, I, I wasn't, I was very guarded with that. And I didn't want people to understand what my true desires and intentions were. You know, my wife didn't and that, but not outside of that. And now I do these podcasts and I just put them up there and people I haven't talked to in 20 years reach out and people that I see every day reach out. And it's, you know, I, I don't have, you know, a huge reach, but, but I have some pretty steady numbers that, you know, depending on who I, who my guest is, they, they fluctuate, but, um, but that's good enough for me. You know what I mean? Like that's all I ever wanted out of this. So I'm happy with it. And I get to meet interesting, cool people and have conversations with them. And if that's all that ever comes out of this, that's enough. Well, listen, like you've inspired me. I've let, you know, whether it was the episode with Aaron or Ryan and a couple other things, like literally the, the work you're doing has inspired me. So I, I appreciate what you're doing. And, you know, it, it's, it's awesome to see. And, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see the, you know, just the Calgary podcast. Like there's so much great content that's happening. And, and I think that the, the work you're doing is, is well, help me. So it's got to be helping people. Well, I, I appreciate the kind words. And that's, that's the other part about this too, is there is a community out there um, that, that I walk by people all the time that are a part of that community. And we don't know, you know, nobody knows. And, and that's the, one of the things that I've really started to embrace out of this is, is joining. And, and when somebody reaches out a, a, another local podcast, likes something in mine, I, I like theirs. I follow them. I try to see what they're doing to see if there's something that works and support them because it's just somebody on the other end, like me on the other end of a microphone, pouring their passion into it. And, and I want to support that even if they're doing something, you know, um, super spicy hot wing recipes that I can't eat because it makes my tummy hurt. I, I, I want to support the fact that they love that. Right. One, well, you know, there's a, another world where, you know, we could view each other as competition. Let's just say like we're competing for the same years in some ways. But I don't see it that way at all. Like I want to amplify what you're doing. I want to. I want to share. I want to like like you said, build a community because if if you're successful and and people are digging what you're doing, the odds of them you know probably digging what I'm doing and cross pollinating and working together, like way more goodness is going to come from that than than any sort of like competing against each other. Yeah, and that that was actually uh, uh, something that I confronted very early doing this when I was reading or, or listening to other podcasts and trying to understand kind of what I liked about this one and that one. Um, and then, and then I would listen to somebody's podcast that was doing something. Sean Newman was one. I listened to a lot of Sean's podcasts. I'm not sure if yeah. you're familiar with him, but well, he's, um, from, he did, uh, he's from my area. He's from Lloyd. So I yeah. Actually, yeah. I actually a couple, a, a couple of friends of mine up in Lloyd, like play rec hockey with them and beer league hockey with them and know them. And, and I listen to things that he's doing and I'd be like, man, that's, that's so good. And, and instead of, but instead of being jealous, I, I was inspired. Like I never felt like, oh man, I can't believe he beat, beat me to the punch. Well, I wasn't even in the game. Of course he beat me to the punch. Right. So um, I, I got over that kind of uh, uh, the competitive streak in me very early because it's not that uh, I'm, I'm perfectly content to, to sit back and if somebody's doing something better than me, I want to learn from them and understand it. And that's, that's the cool part about this, doing it as an adult. Uh, I don't think 20 year old Gord would have been able to, to have that mature of an outlook. Yeah. So like, as we're going through this, I think one of the things that I've always underestimated has been environment, the people you surround yourself with, 
and like also physical environment. I don't know what you found, but like, I guess another sort of silver lining through COVID has been getting back into nature. And I find like 20 minutes or a half hour outside in the trees, it, it's so good for the soul. It's so good to, to just disconnect from all of the devices that we have in our life. And I'm just curious for your take and if you've found any of that in your life. So uh, four years ago, my wife and I are from from northern northeastern Saskatchewan, so east of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And uh, four years ago, we quit pulling our camper around Alberta on the weekends, and we pulled to a lake lot north of about 45 minutes north of Prince Albert. There's no very poor cell service at our lake lot, and uh, we've my wife works for the Board of Education in Calgary, so she gets the summers off kind of on the same schedule with the kids so they would go up and just be up there and I was back and forth as much as I could be and every year I've spent more more of my holiday time up there uh to the point where this year I was 51 nights I spent at the camper um because I just I I I have to physically consciously go and and hold my phone up and look for a signal to to do those things the rest of the time I'm you know teaching my kids how to look for the right wiener stick you know and and we're we're working on skills that are you know not necessarily like survival skills like I'm bear gorillas so like I'm I'm out, I'm at a you know I'm in civilization but at, at the same time I'm doing these other things that I wouldn't be doing if I didn't have that opportunity and it's every year it becomes more and more important to me um, and and this through the pandemic it's been having that space up there where you're kind of once removed and yeah, everyone wears masks when they gather, but you're, you're pretty well socially distanced when you're up there. So it's, it, I found that kind of been, um, it's, it's been like a reprieve from living around Calgary and, and, and I'm able to do that. It's, it's been wonderful. No, that's, that's great. And your kids will appreciate that. I'm sure. Or is it, do you have a son? Yeah, thirteen-year-old son, eleven-year-old daughter. Right, nice. Yeah, they'll they'll appreciate that. And and for me, I even took that a step further because, like I said, we were living in Auburn Bay, and Auburn Bay is nice, like you know, like community, yeah. good place to to raise a family. Um, but one one day last summer, my son and I came out to Bragg Creek for a hike, and again, that was wouldn't have happened without COVID, probably. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful day, and we're on our way home, and I was just like, we should live out here like literally just a thought yeah and i thought everything out here was like 10 million dollars so i was like it's it's a pipe dream uh and so i pulled up the realtor app and uh wait a minute there's like some houses out here that are you know similar to what we pay to live in calgary what's what is redwood meadows what is this place i never even heard of it yeah and uh so on the way home i'm like oh let's go take a drive through here and he actually didn't want to he was like no let's go home i want to do this i want to do that i'm like yeah let's I'll just take a quick little gander at this redwood meadows and i took a drive out here and i just pulled in and i was like i need to live out here like yeah. that was it and gord this is like the first week of august last summer no intention of selling our house before that day i went home i told caitlin we need to move and within two weeks we listed our house we sold it on the first viewing and we had nowhere to go (laughs) and i don't know if you've ever been to redwood but like there's only 300 houses here 
And I think at the time there was like seven or eight for sale. And we'd put an offer in on one, it didn't go through. And there was nothing else that really either A, hit our price range or B was like, felt like ours. And so one Saturday morning we're sitting there and this listing pops up and Caitlin's like, oh my God, this is it. And so we tried to get in to see it that day. They didn't want anyone to come till Monday. The first thing Monday morning, we were the first people to look at the house. We put an offer in and we got it. And again, we talk about things connecting in the universe, but I knew how important or how good it felt to be out in nature, to be in the trees, to, to just, the whole vibe was just, it's where I wanted to be. It's, and, 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 you know, it speaks to just getting clear on what we want in our lives. And, yeah. and then it just happened, man. Like, and, and you talked, again, we talked about adaptability earlier. It wasn't just like this straight linear line, like, oh, we listed our house, we sold our house, we bought another house. Like there's, there's all this stuff in between, like, you know, some banking stuff that almost didn't go through and all these little like dips and things that in my, you know, earlier parts of my life would have been really stressful. But I was like, you know what? It's the journey. It's part of what needs to happen. It all came together. We got this place. We moved here on Halloween last year. And this is where I say like how much I underestimated environment, like just being in the trees and being able to go outside, the kids being able to kind of play in the front yard without worrying about someone driving by at 80 miles an hour. Um, Just all those things kind of connected together. And, and I, and I bring this story up one because of that, but also two, like when you get clear on who you are and what you want and you start connecting things, things just, I don't want to say they just start happening, but you put it out in the universe and it's there. Like it's, it's, it's like, it's one step away. And once you can see it, once you're clear on it, the things that you can start to manifest in, in real life and, and whether that's the podcast, whether that was moving out here, all these different things that we've kind of talked about today, I just encourage people, like if you're, if that resonates with you, if you want to tap into that, it's, you know, there's, people like myself and even the work that you're doing and, and there's all kinds of ways to get inspired to kind of take that next step. And, and that's what we're all about at the biz dojo. That's what all the mindset coaching that I'm doing is about. And it's all centered or grounded in my experience and what, you know, I've done or what JP's done. Like we don't like go read a book and then try to spew stuff at you. It's no, it's real conversations. It's real experiences. And, and, and that's what, you know, if we can inspire a few people while we're on this little rock together, <laughs> that's uh you know inspiring and helping others that's that's my main goal as i look forward in the next years of my life so that conversation was a lot of fun seth uh, as you heard he's he's done a lot of different things he's had a lot of uh you know ups and downs and, and things going well and things not going so well he's kind of acted on impulse sometimes and had you know great plans laid ahead of him sometimes and he really kind of uh, at this point in his life, you know, he's, he's devoted himself to making things around him better. It's not just about the best thing for, for him, which I think that's kind of one of those things where life really starts for people when they start to kind of understand that their, their purpose is a little bit bigger than what's right in front of them every day. And Seth does a really good job of talking about that. Seth and uh, JP have, you know, uh, a really active website, the best bizdojo.com. Um, they've got the the different socials all all sorted out. Uh, I'll have them in the show notes if you want to go in and have a look. Um, really genuine and uh, and honest kind of 
guy is what I is what I got from Seth. Uh, only ever having met him over over Zoom, he just he's kind of seen and done a lot of different things, and he, and he really is just interested in in helping people um, avoid some of the the pratfalls and the kind of empty feelings that that maybe he had at some point. And and I think that's important for people to understand where people are coming with with those kind of coaching uh, opportunities is is those people are just trying to help anyone who may need it um, avoid some of those problems on their own. And, you know, it's, you look around anybody who's successful at anything, Olympians and professional athletes and coaches or uh, actors, any of that, your favorite musician, they all have coaches. And then, and then we go out and try to try to take on life without any kind of coaching. And and sometimes it kind of seems counterintuitive if you're looking for peak performance to do it without coaching. So uh, if you if you're interested in something like that, take a look at the Biz Dojo. It's uh, it's a really interesting kind of diverse. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's probably something in there worthwhile for for almost anyone to go in and have a look. Another great episode this week. We've been uh, pretty heavy on on this kind of stuff. Uh, we're we've got a few more lighter kind of ones, funner ones coming up. But uh, but stuff like this is really important, and it's kind of the message that we decided we wanted to put out when we got doing this. So. This, this is the kind of stuff that we just enjoy so much, meeting people like Seth and, and getting his story out there to people who want to hear it. It's, it's really why we started this in the first place. As always, remember to like and subscribe and download and, and tell your friends about it. If, if you hear something you like, put it up on, on Instagram, interact Instagram. We love that very much. And if you, uh, if you want to reach out, if you know somebody, just drop me a line. I'm always looking for an interesting guest and somebody who's willing to participate. Remember that there's no wrong answers and there's no test at the end, so make the most out of every day. The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Ben Sound for the intro and outro music. Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening.